Hi, and welcome to episode 126 of No Crying in Baseball, the Abundance of Caution episode, although I wish it were the St. Patty's episode, because my name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth, from four feet away. We can still celebrate Patty's Day, I can think. We? Yeah, I'm just celebrating, like, seeing another person. This is very cool. We are being very cautious, all you listeners out there. We have not touched the same bowl of food. Patty even covered up her sleeve when she opened the last beer. We're definitely with an abundance of caution here. And in case you're worried, it's not the last beer in the house. Oh, God, no. It's just the most recent beer. Yeah. So don't worry. We're going to be okay. Yeah, my first reaction when when the whole quarantine thing came out was to Mr. Potty Mouth, buy brewing supplies. And he did. And he did. That's why you guys are my favorites. Yeah, well, we're gearing up for the post-party. Like, I'm going to announce that on air right now. Family, post, whatever this is, party. We're going to have a kegger. It's killing me that there's no sports. I've been watching a lot of sports movies this week and reporting back. I watched a wrestling movie. I watched a volleyball movie. And I watched a basketball movie because I've seen most of the baseball movies. I did I did hockey. I did Miracle last night. Oh, that's the best one. I, it, I was trying not to watch that one yet because it's the best. Do you love it? I totally loved it. Except for that, that painful scene where he's like, again, again, where he kept making them sure. skate the drills. Uh-huh. And when I was doing this like very short yoga thing this morning and I had to do several repetitions, like that was in my brain. Like, okay, I can do one more because they skated one more. So, yes, it was very intense. It was fun. I liked the movie. And do you, when he did his speech, did you remember me giving that speech at the at the commencement nope, party? Because I <laughs> fucked up. Remember, I was inside. Oh, my God. Yes, I yes. I, I, I mortified many graduates by doing the, the speech for Miracle at, at the party. But anyway... We should go on. It's appropriate. I just want to put a little PSA out there besides staying safe. Um, If you have a podcast and you're having problems getting it produced these days because of the current circumstances, we have a great producer, Junto Media. They're at juntomedia.co or you can get them at Junto Media Podcasts on Facebook. So if you are producerless because of the current situation, give Junto Media a chance. You've heard us. It's been great. Highly recommended. This week, with an abundance of caution, dropping on St. Patty's Day, hey, that's me. Here's what we're talking about. We've got delays in Major League Baseball. We've got delays in our Fantasy League, but we have boyfriends. We're going to tell you about our pitcher picks for our Fantasy League, so we can talk about some guys who are doing some stuff. And then, of course, COVID-19. We're going to tell you everything that's happening that we know of so far as far as the coronavirus and how it expects profession- how it affects professional sports, especially baseball. Eight frickin' weeks. We are shut down with baseball for eight frickin' weeks. It's going to be more than that. I'm, I'm worried it's going to be more than that. So you know what my take on this is, though? No, There tell are me. so many games that you can still watch. They just ha- You just happen to know the ending, but you can work that to your favor. Like, watch all the games that you know end well and enjoy them. Adam and I started um, watching, that, that'd be Mr. Potty Mouth, watching the 2004 Game 4 Red Sox winning the World Series for the first time in forever. That was fun. So in, a, it, in the next week or two, we're going to have our friend Blake on who's going to teach us about keeping score. And maybe here's how you hone your skills. Mm-hmm. You learn how to keep score and you practice on games that have already happened. Ooh, how about that? Sounds good. Um, yeah, so today is the day, Monday, that Major League Baseball said we are following the CDC recommendations of no gatherings of 50 people or more for at least the next 
eight weeks. That means there's no way baseball, the the opening day will be any time be- before the middle of May. You know, there have been a lot of snide comments out there on Twitter that like the Marlins and the Orioles could open early because of the gatherings of more than, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's they're not wrong. They're, yeah. they're, they're not really wrong, except that people are so desperate for baseball, we would even go to Marlins games. Oh, totally. Right? Um, but the um, MLB has said, we are, quote, committed to playing as many games as possible once the season starts. So it's going to be very tricky. We're going to talk about this in more detail later on in the show. Other things actually did happen this week. Yeah, just baseball player news we like to keep up on. Trey Mancini from the Orioles had a sudden surgery that was a little mysterious for a while, and it turns out that he had a malignant tumor removed from his colon last week. He did post a video, which is very sweet, on in, on um, Twitter to let people know that he's feeling all right, but the results aren't in yet. So we don't know really what this means. So I just want to officially, from No Crying in Baseball, wish Trey Mancini a very speedy recovery and hoping, you know, that he's so important for the Orioles, so important. So let's hope for the best. And he's not a baseball boyfriend yet, which surprises me, yeah. but he probably will be one day for mm-hmm. us and for the Ori- for, you know, for the Orioles team. Which brings us to, of course, we're going to have to delay our fantasy boyfriend baseball league because there isn't any baseball to to give us any points, right, to score, yeah. to record stats for. So here's what we're going to do. Next week, we were going to do it this week, but we're going to bounce to next week announcing what we intend to be our starting lineups when and crap if baseball happens this year. Once we release those, people who want to play fantasy ball with us will know who else is available, which is going to be everybody besides like the 20 couple guys that each of us pick. And we can do our, our offline drafts. So if you are interested in playing fantasy baseball, you have more time to get a hold of us. Patty Mouth, do you want to tell us now? Yeah, sure. Why not? You can get in touch with us at Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and B-Ball, or shoot us an e- email at, uh, shoot, I always forget this, NCIB, NCIB Podcast at gmail.com. And we do have a couple players, so get in soon because what's the maximum? Maximum is 20 teams. Okay. Yeah. 20 people in our... 20 Yeah, 20, 20 managers gotcha. who can each have a team. Yes, there'll be 20 teams in our league. All right, folks, get in fast. That's right. So, But this week we do have our pitchers. This is going to be different for the Fantasy League. In the Fantasy League, you can choose from any pitchers that are out there. But Potty Mouth and I commit to picking one squad of pitchers, one team's pitchers that we draw from for the Fantasy League. Yeah, and this was tough for me this year because I couldn't do the Nationals because you've done the Nationals, and I have a feeling you would stick with them. So you were allowed to stick with a team, but you can't dump them and come back to them. That's kind of our rules that that are kind of screwing me. So I can't go back to the Dodgers. I have zero interest in dealing with the mess that's the Astros this year. And I can't go Yankees because I'm a Red Sox fan and I just can't. I just can't. So I felt like my options were down to the Rays and the Mets. And I was trying to wrap my head around the, the opener concept with the Rays. I know it worked well last year, but it seemed to be super... Um, dependent on Blake Snell. And he lost two months last year during due to surgery, and he hasn't had a chance yet to prove himself with spring training. His, his beginning of spring training was not great. And now there's no more spring training, yeah. so there's no chance. So I started just getting like a little bit of the weak need on that one. And then I looked at their backup starters, and it included Jalen Beeks, and I knew that that name sounded familiar. And he actually, I saw he 
played with the Sox and gave up five runs in the first inning. So I thought that was another bad sign. And it steered me toward the Mets, which seems bizarre for a Nats fan, which is my, you know, my my here B team, but you know where I go, but a smart baseball brain like yours knows some good pitching when they see it. I can't believe you called me a smart baseball brain. You are. That's very, I I am so honored. Like you are definitely the smartest baseball brain I know. You're adorable. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I, I totally took it potty mouth style though, because it's because I fell in love with the personalities. Like it's not necessarily, but they're awesome too. Like I think I might luck out this time. But Marcus Stroman, the more I got to know him, the more I totally adore him. He came into the Mets from the Jays last July. And I was looking him up on Twitter now to see, like, how is he dealing with the current situation? And he said he is never taking time off. He said that this period of time is perfect to get ahead, not fall behind. So I'm thinking if he's putting in extra overtime, because I talked to a Mets fan friend who said at the end of last season he was not pulling out his greatest stuff, but it seems like he's committed now. He's from New York, actually, so he's going back home. This is a good position for him. The other thing that totally impressed me about him, uh, another tweet that he put out where he said, came back from ACL surgery in five months, fastest timeline ever, legendary shit. So I love that for a variety of reasons. He said legendary shit, and I'm totally into the potty mouth thing. And oh my God, he totally tore his ACL, completely torn, on a collision with uh, Josh Josh Donaldson, who's a former baseball boyfriend of mine, and... uh, managed to heal in five months but not only did he heal in five months and you will totally appreciate this he was one of those drafts after his junior year and Mm -hmm. he went to duke he was a he is a smart guy so when he was injured he decided to quote he said this kill two birds with one stone and he finished his degree at Duke while he was rehabbing. Hot damn, I love him too. Not only did he was he just finishing his degree, but he took classes and stuff like hip-hop cinema and 17th century slave society. So he is just amazing. And his doctor said that he had a fanatical work ethic. The last thing, which totally sells me on him, is he has uh, started a line of apparel. And it's the height doesn't measure... Oh, fuck, what's the last age? Oh, Heroics? Um, uh, height doesn't measure. It's not heroic. stats? Uh, I can't believe I just wrote it. I was like, I'm not going to forget that. Height doesn't ma- And it's not. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah, you are. Fuck, I can't believe I forgot that on the first time going around. It was height doesn't measure heart. That is totally oh. me. Because and yeah. he's not even that short. Because you're he's, tiny? Yeah, because you're pocket well, size? I am I am pocket potty mouth. That sounds <laughs> like I could be a little doll. Um You are a little doll. Is, but I mean that in a good way, not in a not in a like a condescending way. I, I mean it in the best way possible. I'm totally good with that. Okay. I think he's like five eight, so he's not really that short, but it's some cool stuff. And his in his statement on there, I will definitely give you that link to post because his statement on there is just awesome. All right, there's a bunch of other Mets that I'm going to take but not talk so much about. Jacob deGrom, you might have heard of him, back-to-back Cy Young. Uh, he is headed for maybe his third. The only other three-peats are Greg Maddox and Randy Johnson. And then there's Noah Syndergaard, who we know for his locks and his uh, shirtlessness, Right. We do. We appreciate Noah Syndergaard taking off his shirt and inspiring the rest of the Mets to do the same. Mm -hmm. And then there's Rick Porcello, 
who came over from the Red Sox. So I'm hopeful on that because he came from my team. He did sort of suck last year, but I'm hoping that he's going to have a rebound because, you know, he did win the Cy Young in 2016 and the World Series with the Red Sox in 2018. His 19 sort of went to crap, and he especially showed that in London where he let up six runs in that first third inning in that real blowout, 17-3 Yankees-Red Sox games in in London. But... We're, we're going to hope that he's going to turn it around this year. Um, Michael Waka is uh, rounding out the starting pitcher rotation. And I have fond memories of him from 2013, where he was absolutely amazing in the playoffs. And I'm just incredibly grateful that the Red Sox finally figured him out and were able to take that series because he beat Clayton Kershaw head to head twice. And these are in, you know, Kershaw was doing super well then. He was as well. Watch it. Waka's coming, you know, toward the end of his days, but I think he's still got it in him. And then I have to pick a few relievers. Edwin Diaz, I'm a little nervous about. He's the closer. He was doing amazing when he was in Seattle. Totally tanked last year. But I saw an article with him, and he said that he he felt like his mechanics were off. He, he fucked up his mechanics last year. He's been working on it like crazy in the offseason. Hopefully, he will continue working on it in Puerto Rico. He showed up early for spring training, so let's hope that he pulls it together. My two last picks on the Met squad are Seth Lugo, who was their beacon of hope in the bullpen last year because he's the only one who kind of held it together. But I've kind of been... Um, mesmerized by him for a while because his nickname is Puerto Rican. He's, he's <laughs> so he, he I remember seeing him when he pitched in the 2017 World Baseball Classic for Puerto Rico and nobody knew he was Puerto Rican at the time. He has one grandparent, so that's why he's a Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Nice. Yeah, and there's a great article on him in La Vida Baseball that we'll post which talks about his connection to his Puerto Rican heritage and his family. Super sweet. And the coolest thing about him is he has the highest spin rate measured in the StatCast era for a curveball. Woo! Yeah. That's in a lot. In 2016, 3,498 revolutions per minute. The last guy I'm going to put on is Dylan Betances, who I hated for a long time when he was on the Yankees in 2014 and 15, when his ERA matched the year. In 2014, his ERA was 1.4. Zero. Oh, really? In 2015, it was 1.50. In 2016, it went up a bit to over three, but it's been coming down, and I'm hoping that he gets back some of those old days and pulls us through. So I'm with the Mets. Yay. Wait till we have the Mets at National Stadium this year. Well, you know, God willing, we'll have baseball at Nats Park. That mm-hmm. is the plan. And so I thought that I wasn't going to be able to have the Nats. And then Patty must said, you're taking the Nats again, right? And I was like, uh, yes. Yeah, I, you can't, like, you can keep somebody, like, not break up with someone. But once you okay. dump them, I think they're Then Then it's a done deal. Okay, gone. so yeah. there's no reason for me to ever stop oh, currently <laughs> not with the Nats. With the Nats. Okay, so... We've talked a bunch about Steven Strasburg. You know everything there was to know about him. We've talked a lot about Max Scherzer. We last year I introduced um, Patrick Corbin and Anibal Sanchez to you, so you can go back to that episode to learn more about their history. And we talk about Sean Doolittle all the time because he's kind oh of freaking the ideal Amazing. baseball player in so many ways. More about him later in other topics, I'm sure. I want to tell you that. One thing that's cool that was happening in spring training when spring training was happening was that Strauss and Max and Patty Ice and Sanchez 
are all mentoring the younger pitchers, including the pitchers who are are non-roster, you know, invitees to spring training, including Max going to the minor league camp and talking to a bunch of pitchers. And the quote was, who are basically trying to take his job one day, right? And they're really working with these guys and they want to make themselves approachable. So these kids and their kids coming up aren't afraid to ask them questions. And they actually say, hey, why don't you meet me here at 8 a.m. on the mound and let's look at your mechanics. Without the coaches, without, you know, then just because they're that kind of team, which really makes me very happy. So I'm going to just profile the three other guys that I'm going to put on my squad besides those five. One is Joe Ross, who I'm hoping is the number is, is the fifth starter. Right now, he's competing with Austin Voth and he's competing with Eric Fetty to be the number five starter with the Nats. And he's looking pretty good right now. He had some great moments last year, He did, as I recall. We did, and we're going to talk about a couple of those. So he's born in Berkeley. He was drafted in the first round in 2011 by the Padres. And in 2014, the Nats got him in the trade that ended up getting the the Nationals, also Trey Turner from the Padres. Huh. So that was pretty... Oh, I didn't know that. That was pretty valuable. It was a three-way books. trade that involved the Nats sending um, Steven Souza Jr., to the Rays, and there's there's was, was a three way trade, but anyhow, we got gotcha. both Joe Ross and Trey Turner out of wow, that, which is really quite something. He debuted with the Nats on, in June 2015, ended up with Tommy John surgery in 2017, and so he's been kind of coming back from that a little bit. Oh right, and um. Right now, like Davey Martinez is saying, the way he was pitching in spring training back last week when we still had spring training was in his his pre-Tommy John form. So it feels like he's back. And they said one of the reasons that they think he's back is he gained a lot of confidence in the World Series. And if you remember, he had an emergency start that was really kind of miraculous. The day that Max Scherzer woke up and couldn't move mm-hmm. his neck, mm-hmm. Air, uh, Joe, Joe Ross got a text from Max Scherzer saying, you're on, bud. Basically, That's how amazing. Oh, my so God. One of the reasons they had picked him was they said he has the most stamina out of the guys in the bullpen. Right. They couldn't burn another starter. Mm-hmm. They could not burn. A, the, the, the Nats were going into this with the Astros two and two. This was game five. They were tied up. They couldn't burn another starter. They had to like really kind of stick to a plan as much as they could. And when he came out to pitch for Max, the fan base really got behind him and was yelling, let's go, Joe, let's go, Joe. And so he had so much support and he was so fired up that even though the Nats did not end up winning that game, the fans were so behind him and he really pitched very well that that it, it feels like that's carried over into spring training, which is very cool. And he said that one of the things that he's always kept in mind was a little league coach back in the day told, told him and told all the kids in the little league, Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And he was ready, and he did cool stuff. So Joe Ross, 26 years old, is my hope for the number five starter position, but he's going to be on my fantasy league for sure. Now I want to tell you about Huddy, Daniel Hudson, 33, old guy, right? Um, From Lynchburg, Virginia, went to Old Dominion for college. He was drafted in 2008. He's an old guy by the White Sox, and he debuted in 2009. He went to the Diamondbacks for several years, 2010 through 2016, where he was mostly a starter. 
he got the 2016 Diamondbacks Good Guy Award. So therefore, you know, he's buying some boyfriend cred early on, right? I love that they have a Good Guy Award. I want to see more Good Guy Awards. Then he had two back-to-back Tommy John surgeries. Oh, fuck. So getting older, wow. two surgeries. And he kind of, no yeah, he kind of became sort of a journeyman pitcher, right? He wasn't okay. staying with any one team for very long, and he wasn't a starter anymore. Brief stay with the Pirates, brief stay with the Dodgers. And then in 2019, just last year, and let me tell you how his season went. It was whack. The Angels invited him to spring training, non-roster invitee. Non-roster? And they cut him. Holy they cut Huddy at the end of spring training, right? The Toronto Blue Jays picked him up, right? So he did pretty well with the Blue Jays. He did well enough to get the Nats' attention. The Nats' bullpen, you may remember, sucked for a lot of last year. So that's what we needed to fix. Until he showed up. So at the trade deadline, right, we traded a minor league pitcher for Huddy. Wow. One for one trade, minor league guy for Huddy at the trade deadline, came to the Nats, and then all of a sudden, Doolittle got hurt. So he had to step in to pitch for Do, who's the closer. Big shoes. Right? Very big shoes to fill. You may remember we talked about him a lot last fall because he took time off during the playoffs. He missed a start to be with his wife for the birth of their third daughter. And there was a lot of upheaval, but he got a lot of cred from No Crying in Baseball hosts right here because we believe that was the right decision. And a lot of other people did too, which was good. He will always be in the hearts of Nats fans because he threw the strikeout to end Game 7 and win the frickin' World Series. That's huge. So we love no him. No way about it. That's huge. Very much for that. And he said not long after that, I hate closing games. <laughs> but that's the best feeling in baseball. And the Nats thought so, too. So you know, we only had him till the end of the year on a short contract. But they, um, the Nats re-signed him at the beginning of this year for a two-year, $11 million contract as a free agent. And we're very glad to have Huddy back. My last guy is Will Harris. Will's 35. Look at me with the old guys. I first got He first got my attention when I listened to an interview with him that Colin McHugh did on the 12-6 podcast. And we mentioned this same podcast last week, but it's really fun. Great interview. And if you have all this time because you're at home um, social distancing, the 12-6 podcast is a good one mm-hmm. to listen to. He was born in Houston, went to LSU, drafted in 2006 by the Rockies, um, debuted in 2012. Hey, we have LSU gear. We do. Thank you, Brian. We do. He played for the Diamondbacks and the Astros. In um, in 2015 was for the Astros was um, an All Star in 2016 and on the World Series team in 2017. More about that in a second because I'm not going to let that go. Yeah, I thought about this. I thought about this. Okay, in 2019 he won what's called the Daryl Kyle Award, which I wasn't aware of, and I really didn't know about Daryl Kyle, so I had to look this up. This award is given annually to both an Astros player and a Cardinals player who best exemplify Daryl Kyle's traits of, quote, a good teammate, a great friend, a fine father, and a humble man. Was he on both teams? He was on both teams. Okay. So here's the thing. So um, so Daryl Kyle pitched for both teams. He died during the season in 2002 oh of a heart attack. And this oh, was the first awful. death of a current player during the season since Thurman Munson, who oh. we talked about last week yeah. also. So this is a pretty important, meaningful award. It's also very boyfriendy in the kind of things mm-hmm. that it values. So that made me feel really good about Will Harris. Also, we're he, an adjective boyfriendy. Boyfriendy, I like that. for sure. Um, he led American League relievers in this past season with a 1.5 ERA, and 
we will always love him here in Nat's world because he pitched the cutter to Howie Kendrick that Howie Kendrick homered off the foul pole to have the the Nationals <laughs> take great. the lead in that World Series game. And now, because Will Harris is a National, he gets to wear a World Series patch on his uniform for a game that he you know, one of the games that he sort of lost, right? Um, the Nats this signed him for three years and $24 million. And let me tell you about the Astros thing. Yeah. Number one, he was a pitcher. So that's a tiny, tiny, only a tiny bit of a pass. Yeah, actually, right? Brian Jones, one of our, our fun listeners, pointed that out. Like you could pick Astros pitchers because right. they weren't doing the thing. And yeah. he apologized. He said he talked about wishing he had done more and wanting to do more but he had a long talk with his teammates and he said yeah I t- i'm willing to tell the nationals everything i know about all of this fantastic and he feels terrible about it and sean doolittle see above greatest human being in, in major league baseball yeah. said based on the way he the way he came clean with us and talked to us and and the the clarity and the openness which talked about us I feel good about it. He, you know, he basically won us over. And I'm like, if it's good enough for Sean Doolittle, it is good enough for me. Me too. Absolutely. One more thing about the Nats bullpen. You may remember um, that the Nats fired their pitching coach last year, brought on Paul Menhart, who has sa- who said earlier this month, I want our pitchers to be May 1st ready on March 26th. And now all those, all dates, those dates are, are off. Yeah. But some interesting math happened in one of those articles that said, the bullpen, because it's better now than it was in the beginning of last season, if they play the way they should be, if they pitch the way they should be able to pitch, they should save enough runs. You know, they should prevent enough mm-hmm. runs from scoring to actually make up for Anthony Rendon not being on the team and scoring those runs. That's entirely believable. So I, I'm I hoping that's great. I'm hoping that is going to happen. Hey, have you heard of this COVID-19 thing, this coronavirus? Holy fuck. We are in some weird times. We are this in these. This is really screwy. It's really screwy. Um, yeah. So I'm working from home. Potty mouth's working. Not working right now. Uh, yeah. We'll be working from home. I mean, I teach high school. So they've told us schools are closed for two weeks. Yeah, right. Like they're going to open in two weeks. But they're going to have work for me in two weeks. So I've got the next two weeks to watch as many like old movies uh, right. and baseball as possible. Right. See and what they do. So like we said at the, at the opening of the show that. MLB has said they're going to push the season at least eight weeks. And what the players have said and the coaches have said is they're going to need between two and four weeks of spring training, basically, again, because, you know, when they're off, they're not going to treat training together. So they're they're probably going to be lifting and throwing in their backyards Mm -hmm. and doing all those things. But it's not the same as playing spring training games and and being with your coaches. So that's got to be worked into all of this. Yeah, and that's really what's going to separate the great from the not so great at this point, because there are folks like Marcus Stroman who are going to still be working out full speed. And those are the guys that are going to pull through. And those are the guys who have the means yeah, to probably too. have Absolutely. a gym at their house, mm-hmm. for instance, whereas some of the other guys we'll talk about in just a minute. Before we go too deep into baseball, let's just mention other sports. The other sports called it for, well, basketball called it before and hockey called it before. Major League Baseball called it partially, you know, the next day with that, that partial, you know, delay of a couple of weeks. Um, XFL called it this weekend, which reminded me, oh, yeah, that's right. There is another sport um, that called it. So we're done. We're done. Although we we could have like gone to that game because we went to an XFL game, as we talked about on our last show. That's so right. There, there was another game sort of, te- you know, that I, that I was thinking calendars. about going yeah. to. Um, right. So the NBA and the NHL 
are doing the right thing in a lot of ways for their hourly workers. As hourly workers are the people who sell you your beer and dogs, the people who clean up the arenas that you go see in the ballparks where you go see your sporting events, the people who park your cars, the people who do any of those things that make your visit to that arena or ballpark or whatever fun and run well and clean and safe. Are they all doing that? So... Mostly. Because I saw stuff on Mark Cuban. A lot of the, well, he was the tip of the iceberg. He tipped a lot of either, and and both NBA and NHL, either the teams Uh or players on each team are pledging to take care of their hourly workers. Okay, It's not a uniform coming down from the league saying we're going to do this, but the teams are all stepping up at least in some way or players are stepping up to take care of it. Right, right. Like Stephen Curry. I saw that he and his wife are donating meals. Actually, they're going beyond the players. They're they're donating meals in Oakland. But the the one that I kind of hate giving a little bit of cred to is the DeVos family of the Betsy DeVos education czar who is like ruining public education but that's a whole nother podcast but I didn't realize that her family owns the Orlando Magic oh boy I didn't know yeah that but actually they're doing the right thing they're paying the exactly the workers that you're talking about up, up to two million dollars during this thing so MLB as a league hasn't said that what they're doing yet but one of the things they did say, and it's true, it's not not untrue, that there are a lot more games involved, and it's, that is the true. season hasn't started yet. So for the NBA and the NHL, there were a finite number of games that you can count on and you can mm-hmm. budget for and you can commit to. I want to see MLB st- step up. I want to see these hourly workers for ballparks not get into desperate straits, but be compensated for the work they were absolutely willing to do. But I do get that it's a little bit more complicated. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more open-ended. You know, I wonder how this whole thing would have shaken down if there hadn't been that NBA incident, because that was totally the first domino that sent it all going. And that was Rudy Gobert. And I actually looked up his name. It's not the same pronunciation as Robert, which we talked about a couple (laughs) weeks ago. But Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz is the first domino in the NBA that tested positive that set the whole thing going. And, of course, the famous part about this is that shortly before, when he had been in the press conference, he touched all the microphones because he was making fun of the whole coronavirus thing. But to give him some credit, and the whole, like, apology thing that we talk about, like, if you fuck up, apologize right. He's apologizing right. He feels really bad. I think a lot of other people are going to end up in that route in the next couple of weeks because things are so screwy. But he does feel bad, and and another guy on his team has been tested positive, as is one of the Detroit Pistons. And I know there's like four or five teams that are all under complete testing because of that interaction. Right, because they have played games with these people who have tested positive. Sure. Yeah, and anybody, like sports is sweaty, and there's contact. Even, I mean, baseball, I think, is the least of it, but you're on base with somebody. There's stuff going on. So there is a count site that we will um, put in our show notes where it's giving the current count of all global athletes with the virus. And right now at the time of recording, there are four European soccer players, the three NBA players I just talked about, one guy from the XFL from the Seattle Dragons, a Yankees minor leaguer, and a women's basketball coach in Cleveland. But you know, what really sucks is by the time you guys hear this, there's going to be more. There sure is. There sure is. So let's 
let's spin this out. Let's talk about okay. if this goes on for a while, what does this mean in a in like the, the next circles out, the next layers of how this affects? It's not just we can't go to games. It affects pay, not just for these hourly workers, but also for the players themselves. So it was just announced today as part of the we're moving things back eight weeks that the spring training allowance that is normally paid is going to get paid to major league players through April 9th for anybody on the 40-man roster, including the minor league players that are on the 40-man roster. And also, if you currently have a minor league contract but are at major league training camp, that happens. You're invited to, to major league training spring training, but you're technically on a minor league team. If you were on the 40-man roster at the end of last season, you will get this like $1,100 stipend. Baseball players don't get paid during spring training. They get a per diem. And those are only the major league players. The minor league players get squat. So this is basically what the major league players would be getting to pay for food and whatnot during this time normally. So they're going to get that. More on minor leagues in a second. Yeah, Don't say, worry. No, we're going there. Ugly for minor we're leaguers. totally going there. So one of the interesting things is when spring training was canceled, the first line of Rob Manfred, the baseball commissioner's letter, referred to it as a national emergency. And those words were not chosen lightly because the contract, the 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 union contract says in times of national emergency. Basically, the contract doesn't have to be held to, and pay doesn't have to be held to. So did, he very carefully used those words just in case. Did they say that before the president said it? They did. They, it was sort of like a placeholder. Okay. Yeah. It was sort of a placeholder. Hmm. So in the meantime, the Players Association, the union, is going to be is negotiating currently with Major League Baseball around all kinds of things that as soon as I read them, I was like, of course, like dates in people's contracts for bonuses and incentives. Like a pitcher might have, if you if oh you pitch God. more than this number of innings, so you get this though. kind of bonus. If you play, if you start this many games, you would get this bonus. And with a shortened season, what happens? What also happens with service time? Remember, guys in the minors have to get a certain amount of service time in the majors before they can become eligible to be free agents. Is that going to change or are those numbers? Numbers set in stone, which is going to put everybody back an entire year. God willing, it's only, you know, who knows how long it's going to be. But all of those things are now in play. And that's what's being negotiated right now by the players union. And that's super complicated because it's not like they can figure it out now because they don't know how long it's Correct. going to be. So you could sit here forever and come up with all the different scenarios or like when it hits, you just hash it out. That's a rough situation. So minor league players, let's go there. And also, Minor league umpires are in the are in the same boat, right? They don't get no one gets paid during spring training. They get paid during the regular season. That seems wrong to me. And well, that's that's also wrong. That is also wrong. But because they are under contract for that for the season, they're not eligible for unemployment benefits. Oh my god! So even though the season may not start for months, if it starts, these guys can't can't apply for unemployment benefits to, to eat, really, because they have this contract that they signed to play these games. And, and, and the umpires, too, have to be at the ready. So if the season were to restart, like if we woke up in two weeks and they said, oh, guess what? We fixed it. We're going to start playing. You need to be ready. So you can't be on unemployment. So this is really horrible. Right now, the Rays are the only team who as a time of recording, who have stepped up and said, we're giving our minor league players $800 each 
to help hold them over, which seems like bucks. a pittance because yeah. right now it's eight weeks. That's crazy. Right? 800 bucks a player. Another thing about these players is the Better minor league players during spring spring training, they at least get to live at the spring training at the location and they get some food as part of spring training. So as soon as they're sent home, they don't have that anymore. It the parallel are the kids in public schools who rely on free and right. reduced meals, right? What's oh my God. if they don't show up, they don't <laughs> yeah. eat. These guys are kind of in that situation. These aren't the guys who got the million dollar signing bonuses. This is almost everybody. Very few people get those bonuses. Everybody else depends on, you know, being at this spring training facility and they've all been sent home from those. Or, you know, when the when the season starts. So thank God for people like our friends that adopt a minor league player. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking is that if you haven't heard our interview from two weeks ago with adopt a minor league player, listen now and follow him on Twitter and help because he's making some great connections to help these players. And through that that um, the vehicle that he's got, people who are saying, I've got jobs yeah. that I can give to a minor league player in the meantime. I've got housing I can offer, which because this exists, because this vehicle exists, people are able to use it for other things to help these guys who otherwise are going to... Oh, and the other ones, the guys who are here internationally. Oh, my The God. guys who get sent back to Venezuela, Dominican right. Republic, might not be allowed back in the country because who the hell knows? So... House them here because if they go, they're afraid. To, some of them are afraid to go. Well, and also countries might not let them in. I don't know what every country's policy right. is, but I right. know that Guatemala and El Salvador have both sealed themselves off. Not major league players from there, but I don't know what you know. Dominican Republic, you know, if you have an island, you want to stop people from coming. Sure, in. you do. On a happier note, some people are showing um, the good sides of themselves. And here's some guys who have pissed us off in the past who are doing some good things. I'm kind of treating it like a redemption tour for some of these guys. That works. Like Trevor Bauer has done some crap. He's also done some things that are worth rewarding. And one of them is, so he started this Sandlot game in Arizona for the guys who were willing to get together and play a wiffle ball game in front of cameras so there'd be some ball to watch for the guys who were still there anyway. But he promoted it as a way to get attention for a GoFundMe campaign that he started to basically help pay these hourly workers, right? So he's doing a good thing. He's trying to raise money for, because he gets how important these stadium workers, all these ballpark workers are. So we're going to link to that GoFundMe if you have a couple bucks that you want to throw at this. Um, he had about, he he started the the, the donations with $10,000 of his own money, which was nice. And other people Super are donating. Nice. It's, it's more than doubled since then. So that's something that's going on right now. And the Sandlot game I hear was pretty fun. I I would hope that other players would chip in for this. And I wish we had a roster for the Sandlot game. I did catch part of it. The whole thing's on YouTube in two parts. And I, I'm wondering about uh, Carlos Asuaje because I did see this sort of unfolding on Twitter when Barra posted it and people started responding immediately. And Asuaje, who is like my two years ago boyfriend from the Padres who then tanked and all sorts of stuff happened to him. But he's a super gamer, right? So his he was like one of the first responders saying, I'm in. I even have my own microphone because that was part of it, that the guys were going to be mic'd up. And there was no response to him. And then a couple... Comments later, Tommy Pham said, I'm in, and Bauer immediately responded to him and said, yeah, DM me. 
So I know Tommy Pham showed up. I saw the picture. I didn't see a Swake. I'm feeling kind of bad for him. I don't know. We gotta I find mean, out. We gotta find game. out. Sure, I know. Yeah. So, um, so my boyfriend from Cleveland, Oscar Mercado, was there, and and he hit a home run. So it was it was a wiffle ball home run. That's really. But cool, I'm good though. with that, and I'm happy that he was there. So it seemed like a lot of Bowers buddies from the Cleveland team when he was there, and a couple guys from the Reds were there. Dietrich was there. Um, and then it's kind of fuzzy around the edges. I, Mike Clevenger was there. I saw him doing an at-bat. There were definitely zero Astros there, though, because, oh, man, man, the trash can jokes were out of control. But, yeah, it was still it's still fun. I want to watch the whole thing. So another part of the redemption tour would, in fact, be the Astros, who are stepping up, and that's good. So um, Alex Bregman paid for a bunch of meal kits. Each one of those kits feeds like 28 kids to help the schools for with their free and reduced meals, making sure those were still happening. Good um, things, good uh, things. And then um, George Springer donated a boatload of money. I think it was to a food bank, but they're, they're putting, they're, they're doing the right stuff. They better, and they are, and I appreciate that they are doing that. Yeah, money to food banks is super important. Actually, I think it was today that MLB and the MLB Players Association came out that they're together donating a million dollars toward feeding people, toward feeding American Meals on Wheels. Right, so it's two things. That they're 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 supporting things that get food to kids uh-huh. through the schools and also Meals on Wheels, which gets food to seniors. People. So that's really cool. They're kind of addressing both ends of this and missing the middle, which are the minor league players. Right. Like if my, Major League Baseball is putting money out there, why not feed your minor leaguers? And it wouldn't cost a million dollars to do, not really. Quite. Um, yeah. So as Potty Mouth said in her tweet, be like Pete, my boyfriend, oh, so Pete cool. Alonzo is great. And he was he, he posted that, yeah, I'm really sad about what's happening with the season, but it's the right thing to do. Let's be healthy. Let's be smart. And I think a lot what, what's in, heartening me, heartening me is a lot of players have been out there saying that just stay home. You know, did that just stay home message has to be said by people that people listen to. And I think our our sports leaders are important in that effort. So yay, Pete. Yay, of course, Sean Doolittle, who is just amazing in everything, who's not only telling people to stay home, but giving them book recommendations. So check out Sean Doolittle's Twitter feed if you haven't already. His book recommendations. He and his wife are doing chats, and they even sort of crowdsource what to do about his haircut because he doesn't, he can't go in to get his haircut. So yeah, she no, was he, he sure asking can. how to cut his hair. Yeah, yeah, so 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 be like do, be like the Curries, you know, be like Pete, be like the Tigers, please, and pay your hourly folks. Tigers are the only ones who are doing that. So t- take these good examples, and you know, be like. Be like Marcus Stroman and work hard. Um, There's a lot of good examples today of how to get through this and be smart and help other people and also be good to yourself all at the same time. We have no countdowns this week. There's no countdown to opening day. God, that sucks. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Just an added congrats, though, to our friend at Adopter Minor League Player because he's going to be interviewed in Sports Illustrated soon. And we had him two weeks ago. I don't know if we were the first. I've got to check into that. But I feel I like know. we got an early scoop on that. But he's got like 250 players or more now that have been helped. And it was only about 100 when we talked to him. So it's starting to steamroll. And that help is even more important now. These guys don't, don't know when that first paycheck is going to come. Hey, you know, so my, Major League Baseball is trying to help us kill some time. Potty Mouth pointed out, you can watch some old games. Um, MLB posted there, here's the classic game to watch for every team. So there's 30 games that are available online, either YouTube or MLB TV or wherever it is. So we will post that link. 
Ken Burns made his um, many, many part baseball documentary available for free on pbs.org. It's also on Amazon because ironically, I just started watching it on Amazon the day before he made it free on PBS. Oh my God, that's funny. That's okay because it's paid for on Amazon. I'm already paying for Amazon for guessing. But um, it was funny because I started watching it. I thought this is fascinating, but I really want to watch an actual game. So I may have to go back and forth between that and some of these historic games. Um, There's also a whole mess of sports movies out there, baseball and other sports, and a lot of good books. So if you find something, when I look at sports movies right now, I'm trying to find things I haven't seen before or are lesser known. MLB just posted their list of the top 20 baseball movies, and God bless them, their first one was Bull Durham, which is our first one. Their second was A League of Their Own. And wow. there were a bunch in there that I was I hadn't seen before. So I'm adding them all to my list. We will link to those. So there's lots to do to fill the giant yeah. sports-shaped hole in your hearts right now. Feels like it would be appropriate to rewatch Sandlot. I sure, love I, I love yeah. Knuckleball. Yeah. I love some knuckleballers. Apparently they did a good job of describing like this one's a tearjerker, this one's funny, this one's whatever. Awesome. So it depends what you're in the mood for. Depend and there's always back episodes of no crying in baseball. 125 to be exact. That could that could simply save a lot of time. Sure. And if you decide to like pack your car full of things and like try to find a remote place to like hunker down, you'll need, you know, road trip podcasts, of course, all of those things. So you know where to find those. Potty Mouth has already told you about that. Um, We're going to come up with a plan for exciting things to tell you about in the weeks to come. We're not taking a break. As long as we're allowed to get together six feet apart, we're going to do it and keep up with the podcasts. Until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth. Potty Mouth.